Hello and welcome to the AFL Europe podcast and thanks for tuning in to episode 28 where we are joined by Nicola Barr from the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Now, if you're listening as someone within the AFL Europe community, you may well remember Nicola from her time spent travelling Europe in 2019, where she visited and trained with more than 10 clubs across the continent, as well as attended the AFL Europe Euro Cup in Natalia. Moving around Europe and coaching was one of the best things that I got to do. Um, I obviously absolutely love my football and I absolutely love my travel and, and being able to combine those two things in, in 2019 was one of the best experiences I've had. I think it's fair to say it's been a pretty wild two years since, so we wanted to catch up with Nicola to not only chat about her time with the clubs over here, but also how she has enjoyed her time in the AFLW, signing a two-year extension, playing alongside Irish women Cora Staunton and Breed Stack, the AFLW's upcoming stars and her more recent work in commentary. Now, please note this interview with Nicola was recorded in July, which you might pick up anyway with the questions around Women's Coaching Month, but thanks for tuning in and let's get on with the episode. Nicola Barr, it is my absolute pleasure in welcoming you to the AFL Europe podcast. How are you going? I am very good. Thanks, Jackson. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. That's great. Well, thanks Thanks for joining us. Um, how is life at the moment? How's Australia treating you down under? Oh, look, I can't complain. I live a beautiful, in a beautiful part of the world um, on the beach. So, look, all things considered, not too bad. We are in a lockdown in Sydney. Um, right now, but can still get out to exercise. So, you know, I'm very lucky I can still work as well. So can't complain. Um, we're still training for a little bit of footy in, in small groups of 10, which has been great and, you know, good to get the skills up, but I'm um, looking forward to getting back and playing. Yeah, for sure. Let's jump straight into it. Um, I understand you just signed a two-year extension with the Giants. Congratulations. I suppose since joining um, the Giants or since playing in, its, in the inaugural year, they've sort of shown improvement year on year. In 2020, you guys made your first finals. Um, in 2021, you just missed finals, but it was a roller coaster of a season with its challenges and, and hubs. So how have you enjoyed your time at the Giants over the years? And to sign that two-year extension, you must have plenty of faith in the in the young list coming through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is this is my sixth year now going to be at the Giants coming up. Um, and like you said, I think we've had a lot of improvement over the last few years in a very short time. Um, and, you know, as a, as a New South Wales team where footy is not a predominant sport here, we've got various different challenges. Um, and I think the last season in particular, just with all the different situations like the hub, um, you know, but obviously we, we lost a really dear teammate as well in the Barclay and, um, you know, we just, we, we did face a lot of challenges as a group, but I think we actually showed a lot of resilience through a really tough time as well. Um, but I think, you know, there's definitely still points that we can take away and, and build on for the next season, but we've definitely had a lot of growth over the last few years. And like you said, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this new list, well, not new list, but I guess list can do um, the next couple of years. Like I'm, I'm really, really excited. I can't wait. Uh, who were some of the standouts from the year that sort of just had any of the young guns or young players you wanted to speak to and, and their performance? Oh, look, obviously I can't go past Elise Parker. She is an absolute jet. Um, and I think I really love that strength coming out from Parks in a hub as well. Um, we were in Albury for a few weeks, which is right near her hometown in Holbrook. Um, and I can just remember seeing Parks smashing out. She is really, really strong for such a young player. And you can see that on as well. Um, but she's just brings a lot of um, level-headedness. That's the thing that you can say, level-headedness. But she brings a lot of, um, you know, calm to the team as well. But she's just such a strong player and really stood up this season in, in what was quite a difficult season for us. Um, so she's 
really exciting to watch. I think her name's Rika um, coming through as well is going to be an absolute jet this year. I know she's feeling really motivated at the moment to get along to training and, um, you know, do skills, um, which is awesome. And, you know, we've also got the likes of um, players such as Tani Evans and, and even Emily Pease, who unfortunately she didn't get to play a game this year. But I think both of them, you know, under 20 years of age, but are just really, really exciting prospects. Can you speak to your time uh, in the league at 20 years of age? What sort of pressures or challenges um, come with playing in the league at, at that age? Oh, God, that was a long time ago for me now, <laughs> 20. Um, but I think, um, yeah, when I was 20, I was still studying at uni. Um, so I guess I was trying to balance uni and playing. Um, but to be honest, for me at that time, it was perfect because footy was almost like my part-time job, you know, like I had a lot of, a lot of girls um, sort of were working full time and trying to balance footy, and I didn't really have that challenge. I was I was studying, and then footy was my part time job. Other than my, I guess my peers that were having to do part time jobs at cafes or in retail. So for me, working part time for footy was it was a lot of fun. Um, and now I'm finding it a little bit more challenging trying to balance that with work. Um, but yeah, I think at, at twenty, it was also. A pretty different competition. I think it's become a lot more professional, and the standards have come a lot become a lot higher as well. Um, so there's a lot more pressure in that sense. But I just think it it speaks really well to where the AFLW is heading, um, and I'm looking forward to it becoming, I guess, even more professional over the next few years as well. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, for those that didn't know, Nicola was actually selected as the number one pick in the first ever AFLW draft. So. Back into that that 2016 2017 sort of year, um, is that a moment that sort of works its way into your mind um, every now and again? And can you sort of reflect on on that time of your life? Yeah, um, look, I think um, that that's always a funny one for me because I think you know the way our draft worked at the time um, it was very much state based, and New South Wales, which only have the Giants at the moment, happens to pick out number one. Um, so I think it sounds a lot better than it actually was being, <laughs> being the number one draft pick. Um, not quite sure if I've lived up to expectations, but look, it was a really special moment for me. Um, anyway, sort of just a, a really big whirlwind, I think, at the time. Um, uh, but, you know, certainly something that I, I was really enjoyable as well. Um, but look, I think we've just got so many incredible players on the list now. I Certainly, I don't really think about it very much. Um, probably, yeah, need to perform a little bit better than I am at the moment. I keep getting injured. But, um, yeah, look, that was a really special day for me. So game two of the opening weekend and a big moment for South Australian footy. We're away from Thebiton Oval and a free kick immediately picked out. And it is going the way of Barr for the Giants. She flicks it wide. Anderson. Yep, Nicola Barr, the number one draft pick in the draft last year. Sydney Uni player. She just chips it to Faruja, the captain. Um, let's jump back onto your teammates. Um, two in particular, perhaps uh, these ones are a little bit more mature or older. Uh, Staunton and Stacky, Cora Staunton and Green Stack. <laughs> They'll be glad you said mature, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they've each put pen to paper for another year, um, which is pretty incredible. Yep. Um, yep. How, have, how have you enjoyed playing alongside Staunton for the past couple of years, having Stacky in the team over the last year and then just just in general, um, what are your thoughts on it's on what the Irish girls have been able to do coming across to play in Australia? Yeah, I absolutely love having the Irish girls on the list. They're always up for a laugh. Um, and particularly, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Cora over the last few years. Um, Stacky, obviously, 
really unfortunate for her going through the neck injury and, and not being able to play this year. I know it was a really, really tough season for her, but I cannot wait to have her back in the in, the, in Sydney and um, with the team and, and really looking forward to playing with her. She's such a tough player and just absolutely puts her body on the line. Um, and, yeah, really, really, I think she's, I like to think of Stucky as the smiling assassin, actually. She's, um, she's pretty awesome. Um, and then, obviously, just playing with Cora. I mean, Cora brings just so much to the group. Um, you know, she's obviously had a lot of experience in Gaelic football um, and just in elite sport for a big part of her life. And not only does she bring really great skill and um, excitement to our team as a player, but she also brings a really great mindset to the group and is really great at reminding everyone about what's important and how to look after your teammates and, and how to support one another. Um, which is really, really important in elite sport. And I think particularly in, in female sport as well, where there are a few different challenges. So I absolutely love playing with Cora and Saki and um, I'm really looking forward to what they can bring. And there's obviously a lot of Irish girls um, coming along to the AFLW at the moment as well, which is is really, really cool. Can't understand what they're saying, but um, absolutely <laughs> love having them here. <laughs> uh, we did we did speak to Sorton um, or Cora earlier in the year as on the podcast as part of a, an Irish Down Under series that we were running, speaking to the Irish girls that were playing in Australia, but she sort of brushed off the, the nickname Scorer. <laughs> can you share <laughs> a bit about did. that? Can you share a bit about oh, that nickname? And- yeah, oh, she absolutely loves that nickname. She's, uh, you know, not very humble. No, I'm kidding. She is one of the most <laughs> humble humble people out there, Cora. Um, but, no, we always like to make fun of uh, Cora's goal celebrations. Um, she obviously kicks a lot of goals for us, being a pretty key forward, um, and doesn't really like to celebrate. Very straight face, doesn't give us much. Um, so the nickname Scorer is sort of to <laughs> get rever up a little bit, um, <laughs> try and get a try and get a smile out of her. But um, no, nah, she loves it. I reckon. Am I right in saying that uh, Cora actually lives with Elise Parker as well, or has been in the past? Since yes, she's been drafted. Yeah, yeah. Cora, Tanya Hetherington and Elise Parker um, were living together, I think, definitely last season, um, but potentially the season before that as well. So they're a very, very funny group, but um, I know that Parker really appreciates, like I said before, Cora's um, experience and wisdom and, um, I guess, mindset um, yeah. to elite sport. And I know that Parks would be you know, taking a lot from that. So really, really great that they've got that awesome relationship. Yeah. It was probably a different time when you were drafted. Obviously, no one had played in the AFLW before, but were there any certain role models or individuals that helped you th- through your first few years in the league? Yeah, definitely. I think um, for us, we had Amanda Frugia, obviously, as our captain. Um, and for me, whilst Frugia and I probably have well, had similar ex- amounts of experience um, in the AFL, well, playing AFL, um, obviously both being from Sydney. She picked up AFL a little bit later in life um, as, I mean, I think we've probably been playing for a similar amount of time. Um, but, you know, Fridge for me is just a fantastic leader um, and just has a really level head on her shoulders. And I think the way that she approaches training or approached training, I'm sure she's still doing it now, Margie, she's just, just had a baby. Um, but I think for me, yeah, the way Fridge approaches training and her real diligence around that and um, looking after people is something that I really look up to and I still do. Um, so, yeah, I think she's probably a key one for me. Yeah, great. And I suppose on the flip side, you've been in the league uh, for five years, uh, coming into your sixth year. So 
have you acted as a like as a veteran a yeah I'm 25 <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> have you have you been able to help any of the young players that have been coming through at the Giants and act as a as a bit of a mentor for them yeah look definitely um I'm, tr- I'm definitely trying to use my experience I guess to help younger players coming through particularly um as you know when I did join the Giants I was very much in their stage of sort of working out what I wanted to study, working out what I wanted to do with my career outside of football um, and balancing a lot of those challenges is something that I really, I guess, like helping the younger girls through um, because it is a tough period when you sort of, you know, really wanting to perform well at football but also making sure that you're able to keep things going outside of football and, and working out what you enjoy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I definitely like to think I, I help out with that, um, with yep. the young girls coming through. But also... Um, just really enjoy having them around the club. You know, it's really great to have young energy around the club because they're always so pumped to do things and um, pumped to train. So I think it's really great having a nice balance in the team. Can you share what life is like as a as a part-time pro athlete? You know, what does the off-season look like? And um, Or just the general year, you've got footy for a couple of months, but then what is it that you get up to in the off-season? Uh, look, it's, it's changing, I think, all the time. Um, I should have said, by the way, before, I think the younger girls are teaching me a lot of things most of the time. Um, <laughs> but, no, I guess in, in the off-season, it's, um, you know, it is becoming a little bit different. Um, I think sometimes the older you get or the number of injuries that you have. Um, so getting the balance right in terms of potentially playing off-season football or not playing off-season football, yep. maybe having a complete mental break from footy um, in the AFLW off-season. For me, I'm sort of... Um, I guess I last year in particular probably had a little bit more of a break, um, but that was probably more forced from COVID um, and really got into my triathlon stuff actually, which was a bit random. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but <laughs> loved, loved a bit of cycling and, and swimming and, and sort of longer distance running. Um, but then got back into footy in the back half of the year, just playing local club football um, in Sydney, which was a bit of fun. Um, and I guess really, you know, it's really important to me as well that AFL Sydney continues to develop as well. That's where I came from into the AFLW. And I know, you know, that it is growing over time um, and it's going to continue to improve. But um, being involved in AFL Sydney has been really great for me as well. Um, so I really enjoyed that. But I don't know, I think as the season gets longer in the AFLW, then I might look to not play so much club footy um, and have a bit more of a break in the off season. Um but, you know, it just sort of changes every year and, you know, I think you just have to play it by ear most of the time. Yeah. And another thing I've, I've caught on or I think I've seen that you've been getting up to over the past couple of years or maybe perhaps over the past year more particularly is um, just picking up the mic and getting involved in, say, Giants Media. And uh, I think you've been with Fox Footy working, uh, working with them and um, even doing some commentary. So how have you enjoyed getting behind the mic and some of the things you've been up to in that sense? Yeah, most, most people who know me know that I love a chat. Um, <laughs> but no, I really enjoy that, um, media side of things. It's, it's something that's, you know, a little bit on and off for me at the moment, but any opportunity that I've got to get involved in the commentary or the media side of things is, is really exciting. And it's something I enjoy doing, um, Giants media stuff, you know, I, I love getting on board with them and, and supporting the club as well. That's always a bit of fun and a bit more relaxed. Um, Fox footy. Yeah. Did a couple of boundary games in the back end of the AFLW, season um I had finger surgery so I wasn't playing and um, obviously that was really disappointing for me but it was really great to sort of be able to make the most of it I guess and um commentate the girls instead um so that was really fun 
Um, and then they've been doing a little bit with KO in the VFL, which is, has been interesting as well. So, um, yeah, I guess trying to just make the most of those opportunities when they pop up. Yeah. Nick, when you're kicking inside 50, you know what you're going to get, like whether it's a mark or like here, she just finishes her work so well. Absolutely. And, you know, she does have that unique kicking style, Cora, but, you know, when you get it inside 50, if it's on the deck, Cora's going to be there and she finishes off her work excellently. So. Um, and then coaching too, I've, I understand you've gotten into coaching over the years. I, I have done for a while now. Um, how do you enjoy coaching and who are the, some of the teams that you've you've been coaching over the years? Yeah, I was really lucky to actually be able to coach um, the under-18s, uh, New South Wales ACT side for, for the girls a couple of years ago. Um, I think the two or three years in a row and, and lucky for me, I got to coach with Alicia Eber in the last year that I did that. Um, which was really, really great. You know, obviously Alicia's a, a really fantastic up-and-coming coach um, in the AFL and the AFLW. So it was really, really good to learn from her and, and how she approaches coaching. But, you know, coaching for me is is all about relationship building and to be able to build relationships with younger girls coming through the system is, is something that's really cool. But on another level as well, I've really enjoyed local school coaching as well in Sydney. Um, that's where I started playing my footy at school. Um, and so for me, being able to coach back at local city schools as well and, and work with young girls who, you know, are just playing footy for fun um, is really, really great. And I love seeing young girls getting involved in football because for them it's all of a sudden this sport that combines so many different skills that they've learned growing up um, and they just love the game. So it's really, really fun getting involved in that and, and just a really great reward seeing girls running around super happy and loving their footy. Um, it is Women's Coaching Month and we have um, been fortunate to see some of the coaches that have been highlighted or have been coaching in, in the AFLW and the AFL over the years. One was like Alicia Eva, as you mentioned. Um, how do you encourage more, whether it's young players or maybe they're a little bit older, but how do you encourage more women to get involved into coaching? Um, I think for particularly for AFLW players, coaching is actually a really fantastic way to um I guess, balance work and, and playing footy. Coaching is a really great area that, that AFLW players can get into because it, it balances really well with playing footy. But it also almost an, helps you to analyse your own game as well um, when you are coaching. You know, you, you work out, oh, actually, this is how you need to do something. Oh, yeah, that's why I do it like this. And you can sort of apply it. Um, really well um, we've got a lot of young girls in our team that are coaching um, and it's also great to see people hailing from Victoria and South Australia I know obviously there's Alicia Eva coaching in the AFL and the VFL for the men's um, and also you know working with women in football as well but we've also got Catherine Smith from Melbourne who's really passionate about her coaching and um, Jody Hicks who isn't on the list for this coming season but they're both coaching together at the MAC uni um at mac uni and afl sydney and really really enjoying it and they're both really great coaches and bring a lot of experience um catherine's obviously from melbourne too and then also tate mackerel from south australia works at a local school um as well coaching girls footy um and i think it's just a really good career path there's obviously a lot more opportunity for women coaching AFL now as well um and it's just a fantastic way to give back uh, and I understand uh, with coaching as well, it's it's intertwined a bit with with travel. We all know that you do love your travel and um, we were fortunate enough for, for you to give us your time and travel around some of the teams in Europe. How do you enjoy your travel? And uh, obviously not being able to do so in the past year and a half, you must be edging to to get back into travel and maybe even getting back, in, getting back over to Europe. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I was definitely the fortunate one being able to do all of that and moving around Europe and coaching was one of the best things that I got to do. Um, I obviously absolutely love my football and I absolutely love my travel and, and being able to combine those two things in, in 2019 was one of the best experiences I've had and um, I guess also really pleasantly surprising as well. I, I didn't really think and didn't know much about AFL in Europe um, and when I got over there, I just realised how much people love the game and are really passionate about the game. Um, I think my highlights would have been, you know, going along to footy training where everyone's speaking a different language. Um, it was just so awesome that we were playing this Australian football in another language. I was just like, this is insane. Um, but people are so passionate about growing the game over there and, um, and really want the sport to continue to grow as well. Um, and it's also just a, a great way to bring lots of different people together. And that's not just in Europe. That's all over the place. I think AFL brings so many different people um, all together. And I think for me that was really highlighted when I was over, over in Europe. Um, but it was just, yeah, one of the best experiences that I've had and I'm definitely itching to get back. Who were the countries or some of the teams that you, you did get to visit over the time? Um, oh, I visited a fair, a fair few in the end. I was really lucky, but... Um, I think my highlights were definitely visiting Croatia and, and meeting some of the teams over there. Um, they were unbelievably welcoming. I actually lost all my luggage when I got to Croatia, didn't come off the plane, and I literally had nothing with me. Um, and the Croatian teams were honestly the most welcoming. I think they lent me clothes, they drove me around everywhere, they showed me all the, all the sites and um, got me along to footy training. I think they lent me footy boots for footy training. Like, it was just unreal. It was just really, really good to, to get to that um, to that country and, and see how much they love their footy over there. I, I really love going everywhere. I think the, the team in Prague was also really good fun. Um, and I think I, I remember meeting one girl and her name slipped my mind, but she was the only female playing and, and she absolutely loved it and was so pumped to sort of create more of a women's team in Prague as well. And and that was really awesome talking to her. She was so passionate about the game. Um, Scotland had a huge presence um, and, and were really pumped to play as well. They had the, Glas the Glasgow Giants, of course, so um, I'm a little bit biased, but I loved them. Um, but, no, some really, really great experiences. And then I was really lucky to go to the Euro Cup in Sweden. Um, I'd never been to Sweden either. So going up to a part of Sweden that I probably wouldn't have been I probably wouldn't have gone to if I hadn't been there for that was was first personally really awesome but it was towards the end of my trip as well so being able to see a whole bunch of teams together that I'd, I'd sort of met along the way was a really good opportunity and honestly the level of football really impressed me as well the German girls I remember were particularly good so I won't be surprised if we get some German players in the AFLW at some stage yeah, as a whole, what did you think about the standard or level of footy across Europe? Was it what you expected or was it beyond your expectations? Definitely went beyond expectations for me. I think I mentioned briefly before that um, I didn't really know much about AFL in Europe at all. Um, and so, A, firstly, I guess I was just surprised at the number of people that love the game and play over there. So that was firstly the big surprise. But then in addition to that, also the level of football, in particular women's football over there, was outstanding. I remember watching... Um, at the Euro, at the Euro Cup, and and just thinking, wow, this there actually could be some serious contenders getting over to the AFLW and, and playing professionally in Australia, particularly from the Irish team, um, British team as well, and also probably Germany. There's some really talented players over there. So look, I'm I'm looking forward to more girls coming and playing in the AFLW, and and obviously men as well. 
um, in the AFL. I think it's really exciting. And for me, I, I hope that AFL continues to develop overseas in Europe, but also elsewhere. Um, I think it's just a fantastic sport to bring lots of different people together and I look forward to seeing more of that in the future and hopefully I can be involved because I absolutely love it so I'm really passionate about. Um, you spoke about, yeah, some of your, your fondest memories sort of coming around visiting the teams, but how about personally from the cultures, from the players or from the clubs? Was there anything you learned in your time travelling around Europe and, and visiting all these, all these teams? Oh, just I think it really took me back to when I started playing footy and, and just my love for footy. People were so stoked to just be kicking around a football. Um, that's where it all started for me as well. You know, when you when you get into a professional environment, obviously there's things that you need to tick off and you need to do your rehab and your prehab and warm-up and all this stuff. And um, there's a lot of injury management and load management and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, is something I really enjoy about being in professional sport but it sometimes can be a bit draining so going back to AFL Europe and, and just seeing how much people just love their footy and, and having a drink after the game was just um was just really really great I think I got a great tour of European pubs at the same time as European football teams so it was pretty awesome before we finish up Nicola I've got some questions that have come through on the AFL Europe Instagram that we'll get to but firstly looking ahead how does the rest of your year look like and the preparation the preparation into next season and next year so we are currently in our off-season, um, but are still doing little bits of training, just sort of player organised and bits of skills and whatnot. Um, obviously, Sydney's in a lockdown at the moment, so just small groups of 10. Um, and personally, I'm trying to just get on top of a couple of ongoing injuries that have been bothering me a little bit. Um, so good time to do that and get nice and strong. Um, pre-season will go back in September for us this year. So they are bringing it earlier. Um, and we're going to be starting games or playing games in December. So normally we don't start until February. So it does feel like it's creeping up pretty quickly. Um, but I know I'm super pumped to get back into it. The Giants have got such an incredible list that I know is only going to get better after the draft that's coming up very shortly. Um, so I, I know I'm really, really pumped to get going and, and crack in and um, just start playing again. I'm hoping that there won't be too much covid drama this season obviously last season was was pretty challenging um so hopefully it'll be all smooth sailing but um our favorite word was pivot i think last season um <laughs> but no i really looking forward to getting back into pre-season in september pre-season is my favorite time of year and just as i as i touched on earlier we did uh, reach out in the afl group instagram to see if there were any questions that the afl group community wanted to send through um i'll read out two for you um the first one comes from the Instagram name, Digital Pharma, uh, they ask, what is the biggest challenge playing in the AFLW? The biggest challenge playing in the AFLW, I think, look, it's really different for everyone. Um, that's probably the first thing I'd say. Everyone has different challenges and it, it also really depends on, you know, which state you're based in and where you're from and all this kind of stuff. I am really lucky that I play in the state that I have, have lived in and, and, you know, I guess um, grew up in essentially from when I was 14. So for me, I was really lucky. I didn't have to move away from home. Um, and so I've, I've had, I guess, a much smoother run than some other players have had having to, to move into state um, and face challenges from that. Um, but I guess for me personally, the biggest challenge is balancing a career outside of football and football, um, which I guess I'm probably facing more and more at the moment I've just started my first full-time job uh, with a Swiss company called On um, which I'm really really enjoying and absolutely loving but I guess balancing that with football definitely um, has its challenges occasionally and 
and working out, um, I guess, how you get the most out of both things is an ongoing challenge. But look, it's it's something that it, the, the work with on, I'm really, really enjoying and I love my football as well. So I guess it's it's making sure that I get enough sleep in between those two things that's the biggest challenge at the moment. And uh, and just lastly, this one comes from the Cespedes Red Legs. What do you think about women's footy in Croatia? We loved having you here. Oh, look, I think I, I touched on Croatia before. Women's footy in Croatia is absolutely awesome. Um, they had such a great group of girls that were super pumped just to be playing footy. Um, and they were really, really good as well. I think it they were probably the loudest team that I worked with over in Europe. Uh, and we're big on communication at the Giants. So they'd be welcome here anytime. Well, Nicola, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate you giving us your time. I know there'll be plenty of people in the AFL community that will be enjoying listening to this and hearing from you. It's, it has been a couple of years now since you visited the teams around here. But yeah, thanks again for jumping on. And it was awesome to hear about what you've been up to. Thank you so much. Loved it. And um, I'm hoping I'll be back soon. Hope everyone's going really well. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Giant star Nicola Barr and what she's been up to since her time in Europe two years ago. We would like to wish Nicola all the best for the upcoming AFW season and hopefully she'll be able to visit many more clubs in Europe soon. Thanks again to everyone who tuned into this episode and hopefully we'll see you next time.